Welcome to Faith Center Foursquare Church's Message of the Week. For more information on the church or ministry, head on over to our website, eurekafaithcenter.org, or find us on Facebook or Instagram. Now, we hope you enjoy this message. Happy Mother's Day. Yes, amen. Mother's Day is one of those days that reminds me of all of the moms in my life, right? Does anybody else have extra moms, like, who, who have poured into you and loved you and prayed for you and yelled at you and told you yes and no at various times, right? I still have people in my life, even now, that the Lord brings to me that, that keep, me, keep me straight, right? Keep me straight. Tell me what to say and what not to say in my sermons sometimes. I got a text message from my mom last night. She's like, um, you might not want to say this tomorrow, just so you know. So, hi, mom. I'm sure she's watching again. So, how are you guys doing? You doing good? Well, we're in the book of Acts, and we are, I mean, this is not a traditional Mother's Day message by any means, um, but we're in the book of Acts in Acts 12, so if you have your Bible, pull it out. If you have an app, grab your app, or whatever you have, um, and then we have the bulletins to take notes, but I also wanted to remind you guys today that we do have journals for everyone out in the lobby. Um, there's some on the little rolly carts, there's some in the kiosk, but if you feel like you need some more space to write, um, we want to offer that to you um, as the Lord speaks to you in our messages on the weekends. So we're just going to jump right in. We are in Acts 12, verses 1 through 19. I'm going to read them for you this morning, and then we're going to pray and just really get into it this morning. Verse 12 says, It was about that time that King Herod arrested some who belonged to the church intending to persecute them. He had James, the brother of John, put to death with the sword. When he saw that this met with the approval among the Jews, he proceeded to seize Peter also. This happened during the festival of unleavened bread. After arresting him, he put him in prison, handing him over to be guarded by four squads of four soldiers each. Herod intended to bring him out for public trial over the Passover. So Peter was kept in prison, but the church was earnestly praying to God for him. The night before Herod was to bring him to trial, Peter was sleeping between two soldiers bound with two chains, and sentries stood guard at the entrance. Suddenly, an angel of the Lord appeared, and a light shone in the cell. He struck Peter on the side and woke him up. Quick, get up, he said, and the chains fell off Peter's wrists. Then the angel said to him, put on your clothes and sandals. And Peter did so. Wrap your cloak around you and follow me, the angel told him. Peter followed him out of the prison, but he had no idea that what the angel was doing was really happening. He thought he was seeing a vision. They passed the first and the second guards and came to the iron gate leading to the city. It opened for them by itself, and they went through it. When they had walked the length of the street, suddenly the angel left him. Then Peter came to himself and said, now I know without a doubt that the Lord has sent this angel and rescued me from Herod's clutches and from everything that the Jewish people were hoping would happen. When this dawned on him, he went to the house of Mary, the mother of John, also called Mark, where many people had gathered and were praying. Peter knocked at the outer entrance, and a servant named Rhoda came to answer the door. When she recognized Peter's voice, she was so overjoyed that she ran back without opening it, and exclaimed, Peter is at the door. You're out of, their, out of your mind, they told her. When she kept insisting that it was so, they said, well, it must be his angel. 
But Peter kept knocking, and when they opened the door and saw him, they were astonished. Peter motioned with his hand for them to be quiet and described how the Lord had brought him out of prison. Tell James and the other brothers and sisters about this, he said, and then he left for another place. In the morning, there was no small commotion among the soldiers as to what became of Peter. After Herod had had a thorough search made for him and did not find him, he cross-examined the guards and ordered that they be executed. This story of Peter's miraculous exit from prison is amazing in so many ways. And there's so many ways that we can apply it really to our own lives and to our lives as the church. The things that jumped out at me in this story particularly were the church was praying, right? Peter is in prison, probably going to die, and yet the church is praying. The church is praying fervently for him, for a member of their church. The second thing that I found interesting was Peter was asleep. Now, I don't know about you, but on the night before I'm ready to be, like, murdered for something I didn't do or didn't deserve to die for, I don't know that I'd be sleeping peacefully, (laughs) right? But Peter's knocked out. Peter is so peaceful and so asleep that he doesn't even know that when the angel wakes him up that it's really happening, right? And so the other thing that I really took from this is that even though Peter was somewhat incoherent, we've all been there, right? You wake up in the middle of the night, you're like, what's going on? Someone at the door? I don't know. Um, But he hears this angel tell him what to do, and he does it without hesitation, And I attribute that to the fact that Peter has spent so much time with the Lord, so much time with the Holy Spirit, that he knows when the Lord speaks to just do it. And that's the kind of relationship that I want the Lord. Amen? Amen. Like, you, I don't know, I'm not one of those, I'm not a morning person in the sense that you shouldn't talk to me before I've had my coffee. Like, there's so many things. I was not the mom that, oh, love my newborn baby at two in the morning. I wasn't that mom. I was like, oh, why are we awake again? But yeah, but so I would be like, I would be a little questioning if somebody showed up in my bedroom and said, hey, get up, put on your robe, let's go. I I don't know that I'd jump to it, right? But I want that relationship that when the Lord says, do this, that I'm going to do it. When the Lord says, listen to me, I'm going to listen and I'm going to follow through. And Peter had that relationship with the Lord. This part of Acts, I think, is a really good explanation of the relationship Um, between Peter and the church and how the church prayed for Peter, but also how Peter goes back to the church. Like Peter could have left. He was out of the gates, right? Peter could have left right then and no one would have known. He wouldn't have had to risk anything. He could have just been gone because at the end of the scripture, it says Peter went on to another place. We don't know where Peter went. He could have left right then, but he went to check in with his church family. He went to check in with the people who had been praying for him, who loved him, who cared for him, who he'd been doing life together. And he went back also to give a testimony that would give them hope, right? He didn't want to leave them in fear and depression and anxiety over the fact that not just one friend, but two friends were killed. And so he went to give them hope and give them his testimony, right? Well, this morning I have invited some of my friends to come um, join me on the stage, and we are celebrating so many things. We're celebrating Mother's Day, but May is also Mental Health Awareness Month. I didn't know if you know this. 
Um, and did you know that like 98% of people suffer from some kind of mental health struggle? Like, come on, this can apply to everybody, absolutely. And how many of you know, as moms, sometimes we're totally on the str struggle bus? Yep, yep, you can join me anytime, right? We're all, we're, all, we're all family, we can be on the struggle bus together. But this morning, uh, Tamara and Kelly are going to come up, and Tamara Lares um, helps lead our AA group six days a week with her husband. Now, here at Faith Center, she also volunteers in our admin team and in our connection team. And then Kelly is our mental health champion at Celebrate Recovery. And she, is, she works with Humboldt County with mental health awareness, and, and this month especially, um, coming up with ideas how to get the word out into the community and how to help people through their mental health issues. And in the very near future, she's going to be our director of recovery ministries here at Faith Center. So come on up, ladies. I feel a bit upstaged. <laughs> yeah, <a> little, like <laughs> I'm joking. <laughs> oh yeah, grab your mic so you can talk words. But the so what we wanted to do today really is look at an aspect of being in the way as a church in the way of a small group. We want to invite you into our small group this morning, and we have committed to meet with each other for about a year now. Um, and we spend time with each other, and we take care of each other, and we pray for each other, and we get into the Word, and we study the Word together. Um, but most of all, what we do is we really help each other find hope, right? We find hope. And keeping in mind, of course, the story that we just read, but we're going to talk to you a little bit about how um, we've overcome some of our own prisons um, and how we've found hope really in our gratefulness for the Lord and what he's done in our lives. So uh, Tamara was telling me this morning. <laughs> I'm going to start us off. Yeah. Um, yeah, so when I wake up in the morning, I wake up between these four walls that are not healthy because I'm human. Um, you know, and the things that I get to do today that I didn't used to do. You know, I wake up in the morning and I'm struggling emotionally and I'm, you know, a prisoner in my own head just like Peter was. And, um, and I, it's just different. You know, I've got all these voices in my head that are like those guards. And, uh, and what do I do in the morning? You know, in the morning I pray up. You know, I spend time with God. And the things that I get to do, you know, I, I open my phone and I go right to my daily reflections in Alcoholics Anonymous. And then I read the daily devotional from Celebrate Recovery and Jesus is Calling. And then I post it on Facebook and I get to share it with the women that are in my circle and with everyone else, you know. And I tell the women that are not believers, you know, take what works for you and leave the rest. And then I get to come here to the church and open the rooms for an Alcoholics Anonymous meeting and I come over to the main building and I get to share with, you know, my elder women in the, in the church and they get to pray with me again. And, um, you know, I'm never depleted because I can always start my day over again in the middle of the day. You know, I take my own inventory and I try not to take everybody else's because what people think of me is none of my business. Amen. 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 I have a prison in my, in my head as well, and I spent many years coming to this church over 20 years. In fact, I was just talking to a woman out in the foyer before I came in, and over 20-something years ago, she would come in, pick me up, um, and at that time, I lived a pretty un 
godly life. And, but I was still searching, and I still wanted to come here because I was searching for something better. I, I wanted that relationship. I just didn't know how. And she would still come, and that's where the connection we'll talk about and shortly. Um, the connection comes in being selfless and that hope, um, going out and getting somebody and bringing them, um, being selfless. And um, I think sometimes um, it reminds me of the faith, having faith that Jesus is working in all things, even when my struggle is happening, because I like to try to control things. I don't know if anybody can relate to that. When it, it's a way that I can try to feel safe. If I control, control everything around me, I can feel safe. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, I don't feel very safe. And neither does anybody around me because I'm controlling everything around me. Instead of, instead of doing this, having a relationship with Jesus and allowing him to control, letting go and letting God and giving that control over and allowing him to work in my life. And then everyone feels safe. It's, it's wonderful how that works. Everybody feels safe, I feel safe, but it's a, it's a process to get there. And it takes some work to get there and sometimes I don't want to put that work in and um, it's not my first go-to. It's taken some discipline, that word, that, that word that nobody likes to hear, discipline. It's taken discipline for me to say, okay, it's yours, I'll surrender it. Yeah, yeah, and over and over again in Scripture, we see both Peter and other apostles and disciples talking about how they're making a choice. They're making a choice to walk in the way. They're making a choice to get to do something. They're making a choice to find hope in all the situations because really the hope is the hope of salvation. The ho- our hope as Christians is that someday we're going to be with Jesus, and until then we get to tell everybody about the awesomeness and the amazing things that he's done for us, right? And in my own struggles, um, I struggle with anxiety and depression and um, anger and control and all the other things, right? Um, Thank you, thank you. Um, But yeah, in my own struggles, the thing that has helped me the most really has been gratitude, being thankful in a consistent way over and over and over again. Even when I don't feel thankful, I'm still gonna say thank you right? Even when I don't feel like I'm the most, like, gracious person, um, I'm going to accept the grace that the Lord has given me and, and thank him for that, right? And so what, we're, what we study, um, we study um, a step study through Celebrate Recovery, and we are focusing on a certain principle today, and it's principle seven, and it says, reserve a daily time with God for self-examination, Bible reading, and prayer in order to know God and his will for my life and to gain the power to follow his will. And that, that key, that to gain the power to follow his will, is really something that I know um, means a lot to Kelly. And over the years, gaining that power is really about God's power, right? Right. And, and I looked it up. So I looked it up in the concordance, and it really is giving us the ability. It's giving, uh, it's, it's helping us to be strong and giving us the ability. I lack the ability. It, I, I just, there are times where I lack the ability. Um, one of the verses that I really enjoy is to be um, being thankful to God. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God, Philippians 4, 6 always being thankful in the small things i you know sometimes where when you ask somebody what are you grateful for they'll say family my friends my home but have you ever been thankful that you have butter for your toast 
Have you ever been thankful when you're in the shower? I mean, has anybody been in the shower and they forgot to buy cream rinse? You know, if you have long hair, that cream rinse or toilet paper. I mean, those simple things like, you know, going through what we just went through. It was, you know, the simple things that you're grateful for. I mean, we laugh, but it's those little things we're grateful for to be able to see. I I had a car accident where you know, I wasn't supposed to be able to walk. But those little things, if we can get in a mindset of like the first thing we wake up to go, whoa, I can see. I mean, can you imagine like getting in that, that mindset of like, oh, I can just see. Or if you can't, like I can feel something. I mean, it's that mindset of gratitude. And, and it can just change that moment. Or even in just a moment where I'm trying to control things, kids are screaming. I can't control other people just going, wow. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Wow. Thank you, God. And just reminding myself of gratitude. It's, again, discipline. Yeah, it is a spiritual discipline, absolutely. Um, And it also, I think it reminds me of the opposite is, is, you know, feeling not in control, maybe feeling fearful. Mm -hmm. Um, That, that control issue for me at least has a lot to do with fear. Um, And then step 11 is after principle seven, and it says we sought through prayer and meditation to improve our constant contact with God, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. But I love how you mentioned the power really means the ability. And it's not really my strength or my ability. It's because he is able to get me through the next thing, right? So like I shared this morning, so when I wake up in the morning, I, so I had a brain aneurysm in 20, I don't even know what year it is, 2013, and then I stayed in bed for three and a half years, and I just took my prescriptions and drank because I wasn't a secretary anymore, and I couldn't be anybody's mom, and I couldn't be a wife to my husband, and I just, I couldn't, and I can't, and I'm not able. And today, you know, I can't, he can, so I let him. And, and the, you know, all the stuff that I have to do and the things that I get to do, if I just change those one, that one little word in the phrases, my perception is different. But it took practice because every day I didn't want to get up and I couldn't and I can't. And I had the walker and I couldn't speak and then I couldn't see. And then um, in my recovery, you know, I had the tooth pulled and I woke up in ER and I was unable to walk. And I called someone and he came and prayed over me because I had faith. And today, just that little mustard seed that was planted, you know, so long ago. And then I just get to surrender and keep reaching up to him every single day. I mean, what a gift. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. The other, the other takeaway from the scripture, I think, really for me is that that fact that Peter was at peace, that Peter was at peace because his hope was in the Lord. And he didn't know what the next day was going to bring at all. Um, I don't even know if he was praying for the Lord to free him or release him. It doesn't tell us if, if what Peter was praying for, but the church was praying for Peter, right? And the church was praying for Peter, but Peter was asleep and Peter was at peace. And I think that's really hard to do when we're feeling persecuted or when we're feeling anxious or when we're feeling any, any spectrum of the emotions. It's really hard to find the hope and the peace that we need to really balance when we're focused on the circumstances or the prison or whatever, whatever your thing is, whatever, whatever you're in right now, 
the Lord still can give you peace and hope inside of that. And we were even talking like a week or so ago, we were talking about how when you walk in the Lord's calling, when you walk in what he has for you, or even when you say yes, when, when it's a simple, like, do this, and, and you say yes to the Lord, that it's not easy, but it is way more peaceful. Life is so much more peaceful when we walk in that obedience and that authority, really, that the Lord has given us as his, his people. We, we are children of the one true king, and we get to walk in that daily. And so that's something that I really focus on. And then the verse, the verse that I stand on is um, really being thankful um, for others. And it says, let the peace of Christ keep you in tune with each other, in step with each other. None of this going off and doing your own thing and cultivate thankfulness. Let the word of Christ, the message, the word, the way, have the run of the house. Colossians 3, 15 and 16. And that's the message version, so that's why it sounds a little bit different. But I like that version because it really is, I'm so thankful for these women and I'm so thankful for the other people who speak into my life. I mean, Greg even, Greg's not here this morning. He went to Wood Street Chapel to go help them with some stuff this morning. But he texted me this morning. He's like, and, and give, giving me feedback and, and encouragement as I'm speaking. And I mean, even in this transition, Matt and Heidi have been a part of my life and spoken into, you know, the church as a whole and really still take care of us and still love us. And this community that we've built, this church family, isn't necessarily in these four walls. And so that this is really the example of what we need to be doing to be in the way. We need to be living life together. We need to be walking together. We need to be holding each other accountable and creating safe spaces where we can be vulnerable and we can say, you know, yeah, it's a bad day. Like, it's a bad day, but we have hope. And it's way easier to have hope with more than just you. It's way easier to have hope. You know, last night Kelly was talking about yeah. chain links. Yeah, so if you're, if you're by yourself, I can get bulldozed over. If it, it's okay not to be okay. Yeah. And when I'm not okay, I can, I can just sit and I can be by myself and, and the enemy can really attack me and, and I can just be all over the place. But when I link arms with someone, if you link arms, it is really hard. Like, I'm carrying this person around with me, and, and constantly she is encouraging me and sending me messages and lifting me up. It's really hard to be in that space. But then you add another one, it gets even harder to be in that space because then it's coming at you in other directions. Just like the enemy comes at you in all directions, and you feel like you're just drowning in darkness and in, in hopelessness, you... if that building up of community, the building up of the chain, or, and as I said last night, because I now have kids in my life, and, and that's a challenge in itself. If you, after not having kids in your life for many years and then bringing in a handful of kids, Legos. You ever tried to pull Legos apart? Right, building Legos up builds up a strong community. So I encourage you to reach out to others. I mean, that is why I'm still standing, sitting, well, sitting here on the stage 20-something years later with all of the stuff that goes on in my life. And there's a lot. We can sit down and talk about it. Because people took the time out of their lives, and they were selfless, and they did what God was calling them to do to bring me to this point in my life. 
So I encourage you to be that person. And we're all busy in life. We all have things going on in life. But take a moment to just say hi to somebody and, and help them to keep coming back next week and, and the weeks after. Yeah, yeah. I, thanks, Kelly. I think um, sometimes when we're going through all these things, it's easy to focus on them. But, but, and it's really easy to ask that why question, right? Have you ever been there? You're like, why, God? Why is this happening? Like, sometimes it's about the whole bowl of cereal that just got spilled on the floor. But, you know, and sometimes it's big things, too. But it's just like, why? I don't see it. I don't see the purpose. I don't see the plan. I don't see anything. And he doesn't tell us that we get to see it. We don't get to see the purpose and the plan. But Peter wrote something, actually, in 1 Peter. And he tells us, he's talking about the trials and how in all of these trials you greatly rejoice, even though for a little while you have had to suffer grief in all kinds of trials. And verse 7, this is 1 Peter, 1 Peter 1, verse 7. It says, these trials have come so that the proven genuineness of your faith, which is of greater worth than gold, but even gold perishes in the fire, so that the proven genuineness of your faith will result in praise and glory and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. All the trials, all the tribulation, all the anxiety, all the depression, all of the kids screaming, all of whatever is going on in your life, whatever prison you're in, can still be used for the glory of God, can still reveal who Jesus is in your life. And I think even more so for me, it's even more powerful when I hear the things that people have dealt with and, and maybe are still living in, and yet they have hope, and yet they have peace, and yet they still walk in the way. And then even when people come out of things, the testimony that you have, like this is what the Lord showed me, this is what the Lord did for me in this time. And it's that gratefulness and thankfulness and really bringing all glory to God and taking us out of it. I think sometimes we, we look at, I did this and I did this and I did this. Nope, not, Amy doesn't really exist in this body anymore um, sometimes. I'm just like, the Lord did that. I had no control over any good thing um, I feel like, if anything, I sabotage myself constantly, but God, God has all control, and I will continue to give him the glory, because sometimes that's, the, that's our only testimony. That's the only thing people are going to hear from you, is like, be honest. Like, that's the other thing I feel. Like, it's okay to be vulnerable and honest, because you don't know what the person you're talking to needs to hear that day. I think that we forget that people identify with us more in our trials than they do in our success sometimes. And so when we share those things in a safe space, in a safe way, then the Lord, we, and we allow the Holy Spirit to operate, then the Lord does things that we couldn't even imagine, right? Amen, amen. The other thing I wanted to mention is at the end of this story in Acts 12, 12, it says when, he, when this had dawned on him, what had happened actually happened, right? Um, he went to the house of Mary, the mother of John, also called Mark, where many people had gathered and were praying. Apparently, Mary's house was the place to be. Like, he knew everybody was going to be there. And it doesn't say how many people, but in the last few chapters of Acts, sometimes it's 12, sometimes it's 120, sometimes it's thousands. I don't know who this, I don't know how big her house was. But everybody's there, and obviously, Peter knew that's where they were, were going to be. That was the hangout spot. When was the last time you opened your home? to be a hangout spot. 
When was the last time we opened? I am, Justin and I are just so private and protective, really because of hurts that we've experienced over the years with relationships. And at some point, the Lord really called us to open our home, literally let people walk through the doors, which was really, really hard. And especially, I mean, we, we have a new house and we, the floors are torn up and we moved in in November and it still looks like we moved in yesterday, but heck, Monday night, come on over for dinner and we'll hang out and, and you can just ignore the mess, right? But the Lord is calling us into fellowship. The Lord is calling Faith Center into a time and a season of really drawing near to him, but we have to do it together. And I know we've said this over and over again over the last weeks, but this is the example and, and this doesn't just exist in a room upstairs in the church once a week. This exists in constant contact and text messages or showing up to each other's offices or to houses. Um, but really, it's because we know that we're stronger together. We know that the Lord is going to bless our relationship. And we know that there's, there's really safety there. Like, we can, we can be us, right? Yep. Um, and I, the other part of that is we need to really treat other people with empathy, with love, with compassion. Really, when somebody's telling you about what they're going through, think about things that you've gone through too and equate the emotions to what they're feeling. Or if you can't even do that, put yourself in their place. Just think, what, how would I feel if this was happening to me? I think so many times we think of, you know, what am I supposed to say? What am I supposed to do? How do I fix it, right? Do we have any fix-it men in here? I don't want to, I'm not going to categorize people. But my husband, if I tell him something's wrong or somebody lost something or needs a, a, their car's broken or whatever, he's like, okay, let's fix it, right? Sometimes people don't need us to fix it. Sometimes they just want us to listen and to love them and to sit with them in that space. And absolutely, if you have the means and the ability, you can offer to help fix things all day long. That's another act of service, right? Another spiritual discipline that's great. But we really need to learn to listen to each other and to love each other without judgment. This is hard. It's hard coming up here and telling people what your weaknesses are. It's hard being vulnerable one-on-one -on -one with people who, who maybe you don't know that you want to let into your space. But when we, when we open ourselves up in vulnerability to really share what the Lord's done in our lives, there is no greater testimony. There really is no greater testimony. And it breeds a hope that's contagious, right? Hope is contagious. Yeah. So if I come into meeting and everybody's having a bad day, but I can come in with my hope on, <laughs> it'll spread. But if one of us doesn't come in with hope on, we're Debbie Downer all day long, like yeah. seriously. So somebody, you know, can, can we, anybody want to commit to being a hopeful person going forward? Come on. Let's be hopeful people. Hope and it in the comes Lord. in Jesus. Yeah. I mean, it's just staying in the word and staying in worship, um, you know, listening to worship music. It, it can change your, what's, what's going on with you. I don't know if anybody's ever put on a worship song and then been like that Debbie Downer and then went, oh. You know, and going back into the gratitude, it can just change it. Yeah, yeah. A flower, we have flower friends, you know, there's different small groups that you can become a part of that is yeah. an interest that you have, and that can just change your state of mind. Yeah, that's a really good point. Um, that, that's honestly the other purpose of this is we're launching small groups next week. 
So next week we'll be launching small groups. There will be sign-ups for you guys to do. But it is really, like Kelly said, there's a flower group. There's a hiking group. There might be a photography group. And then there's Bible groups and there's step studies and there's other things going on absolutely to dig into the Word. But fellowship can be any fellowship. We just need to spend time together, right? We just need to grow together. We need to walk together so that when, when times are hard, that we really know that we have each other. Amen? Amen. 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 Let's pray. Father God, we love you so much. We worship you and we thank you for this time. Lord, help us to set aside the hassles and the noises of the world. Lord, help us to focus and listen to your voice, to what you're saying, Lord Jesus, to your spirit, Lord. Help us get to know you better. Help each of us understand your plan and your purpose for our lives individually, Lord Jesus, and together as, as a congregation, Lord Jesus. Father, help, help me live today, today. Lord, help me live in this time and space, in the moment, seeking your will and living this day as you would have me live it. Help others to see me as yours, Lord. Help us to, to really just fall in love with you over and over again, Lord Jesus. Help our actions to represent who you are. Help our words to represent who you are, Lord Jesus. We thank you for your love and for your grace and for your peace and your hope and for your forgiveness, Lord Jesus. We thank you for each person that you've placed in our lives to pour into us, Lord Jesus, and we thank you for each person that you've connected us to so that we can pour into them, Lord Jesus. Help us to walk in the way. Lord, thank you for my sisters. Thank you for my church family. Thank you for all that you're doing in and through Faith Center, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.